Hi there, everybody. My name is Scott Grayson, and you're listening to Mentally Unscripted, the podcast where my co-host Stefan and I inspire you to think more clearly and have better conversations about the topics most impacting us. When you ride along with us, we'll take you on a journey that will show you there's always more than one way to look at an issue. You'll learn to think critically about the world and how to challenge the narratives those in power want you to believe. You won't always agree with us, but that's the point, to learn that we can have deep conversations and learn from each other, no matter how different we are. In today's episode, fitness coach Ben Moore joins Stefan and me. We had a fantastic conversation about sleep, nutrition, and exercise. These three rocks, as Ben calls them, form the foundation of an optimal life. Ben is articulate and possesses knowledge well beyond his age. You'll enjoy this conversation as much as Stefan and I. And as always, we want to build a community around Mentally Unscripted. So share this episode with your friends and interact with us at mentallyunscripted.com. And remember, the conclusion you reach is less important than the process you follow to get there. Hey, everybody. This is Scott. Welcome to Mentally Unscripted. I've got Stefan, formerly known as Paul here. Stefan, formerly known as Paul. How are things going? Uh, the new name suits me so much better. Uh, things are going really well. Although, as we were talking about offline, I nearly froze my digits off this morning. It was negative five as we were walking the dogs. And it felt like I was back in Chicago the first couple of years I lived there, 2006, 2007, where you just you come to know a new definition of cold. So, But I, I love it, so I'm not going to complain, but it was, it was cold. I'm just going to put that out there. Right, but Montana, you don't have to worry about the gangs and the gunfights and everything on the streets, right? However, or, or do it you? does keep you warm when you're running away. So you know, when you, as long as you have something to motivate you, it can be a it can be a real a force for positivity. So yeah, yeah, uh, I guess that's you know, good. Yeah, you get in that cardio workout. Um, that's right. Good fitness level. That's right. Yeah, yeah awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> well, and speaking of fitness, right? That's a good segue right into the uh, yes. into our guest today. And no, we didn't plan that. That just kind of came up. But today, um, we've got Ben Moore, who was the first person I ever spoke to on Twitter. Um, and that was a couple years ago. And I'll tell you what, guys, when I found out how old Ben is, or was, is, uh, how young he is, I guess we should say, I was pretty shocked. <laughs> I mean, this is a guy, he, he gives me hope for the next generation. He's a guy who's yes. got his head screwed on straight. He's a really good guy. Um, so... Uh, Quick bio here. So Ben's a bodybuilder, online fitness coach, and marketer. And it says right here in the bio he gave me, despite being young, Ben has focused on experiencing as much as possible to develop his life. And now he's trying to help others do the same. So he's joining us today to talk about fitness, lifestyle, discipline, and more. So welcome, Ben. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you guys doing today? We're good. Good. It's been yeah, a while really since well. we've talked, but yeah, yeah it's good to see you again. On. Thanks yeah. for having me on. I'm I'm thinking Ben may be the oldest soul in in, a, in that young of a body I've ever met. So far. <laughs> I'm trying, man. I'm trying. I'm, I'm almost twenty. I'm almost twenty. There, so there you're, you you're go. not even old enough to drink yet. Holy cow! No, no. Well, legally, <laughs> legally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we know you, you don't break the law. No way. You don't no, defy no, the government never, at all. Never, we we, no. we don't defy the government edicts on this podcast. No. So. What I say is I actually, uh, I pay the government extra taxes just because I love them so much. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> just donate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, Ben. Tell us, uh, what brought you to where you're at now? Yeah. So, um, 
all my uh, younger, well, I guess earlier life, I uh, was really interested in athletics and um, played a lot of baseball and uh, was trying to pursue that professionally at one point. And then, you know, a lot of stuff went down, got injured, just uh, had a real like point where turning point where I realized all I had ever done was play baseball. And I was like, well, maybe I should try some new things. So I uh, switched it up, came home and started to really dive into new things. And one thing that came up right away was fitness. And so always had been interested in staying healthy, but I really uh, started to learn more, read more and get into bodybuilding. And as that's gone on, I've uh, started to help other people get into shape because I think that's one of the largest problems we have right now is how out of shape everyone is, you know, massive amounts of people, um, like 70 plus percent of the country is overweight or obese currently. So yeah, that's where I've gotten to where I'm at now and also doing marketing and starting businesses, just, uh, trying to get to a point of freedom. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, I actually had dropped out a second there. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm no going to assume that I knew what you were saying. So I'm going to pretend. Hey, you knew exactly <laughs> so. what you said. Yeah, actually, I, w- I wanted to ask a question, Ben. So you, know, you talked about having this inflection point in your life where you realized uh, with the injuries uh, that you were experiencing as you were trying to make it go pro, which I think uh, anybody who's never tried to go pro, myself included, I mean, it's it's a significant undertaking right the, the skill level that you have to you have to develop the uh devotion that you have to put into it um to, yeah. to even even get close to that is, is significant i guess were you always um did you did you find that you had developed any of that mindset growing up um sort of that i'm, I'm going to be devoted and i'm going to develop the skill was it something more yeah. like uh you know i just i'm just going to continue to do what's comfortable to me because I mean, obviously, that's you spent what, a lot of time playing baseball. Yeah, and that's what that's what I think when I came to that realization is what I what I kind of realized is, um, you know, I was at some point I was probably just doing this because it was what I had always kind of done. You know, when mm-hmm. you do something for so long, you kind of adopt that into your ego as this is who I am. I'm a baseball player, or you know this is who I am. I'm a sales guy. Right. So you adopt that into your ego. And what I realized is like, I had this deep, uh, you know, reflection one night where I was like, wait, I'm here. And like, I was struggling at this point and I'm here and I'm like thinking there's so much more to life that I can, that I can do over time. Let's see what more there is. And then I kind of slowly started to detach my ego, try to detach my ego from baseball, which was really hard because even family, friends, everyone kind of always knew me as that baseball, like baseball Mm -hmm. player trying to make it in baseball. So detaching that part of my ego from that and figuring out, diving deeper into what I truly enjoy. I think that's really important. Finding out what you actually enjoy because Mm. I played baseball since I was probably four years old. So, you know, it's just something I, you always know, like you've always done. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's a real strength if you can kind of take away from what you've always done and start over with something completely new. I think that's a big part of life is just like start. You can, you can like get up two thirds of the mountain when you're doing what you always done. But if you really want to get to the top of the mountain, you sometimes you have to go all the way back down 
and take a different path to try to get all the way up. And so that's what I kind of did. Just go on, go on a new path mm-hmm. and uh, find what more there is to experience out of it all. You know, I, as you were talking, what came to mind is the concept of inertia, where we, I think we develop the, this, this path that we're on. Some of us maybe develop it more. Others of us are, are sort of in a track. Few of us, um, it's particularly at a younger age, um, and, and I, I don't mean to sound, you know, this old sagely type of person that has all this wisdom. It's, it's less about that, but I, I can reflect on my own life being, being, you know, where are the inflection points in my time? where I was able to sit back. And I think what you're doing is what many people at some point will reach uh, yeah. through um, if, if they allow themselves to few of them are going to then take the energy and invest the energy to actually change. Uh, but yeah. it's, it's a, I mean, that's, that's significant. Do you, have you ever had any sense of loss or belonging uh, having said no to that and moving on? Um. Yeah, I mean, for a little bit, I think that there was some like thinking, wow, I've invested all this time into this thing. You know, it's hard once you've invested so much of your life into one thing to just one day say, well, never going to do that again. Like, I haven't touched a baseball since the day I quit. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, it's weird um, how you can do something for so long, then all the all of a sudden stop. And at first, you know, it stung a bit. But after, after a while, um, well, not even after a while, like a few days later, I was like, wow, I feel like a weight is off my shoulders mm-hmm. because I was so stuck in, uh, just trying to be, trying to be this baseball player guy. And I was like, wow, like I feel a lot better now that I'm not just trying to do this constantly. And that's one thing you kind of brought up with energy. Um, like something I was thinking about last night, for example, is pretty much how you use your energy is going to tell your life story in a way and how you use those inflection points where you can actually dive deep into that reflection is really going to tell like what you make out of your life ultimately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I think that's, um, again, it, it comes back to this concept of reflection. I, I think back to, uh, I, had this, I had this thought the other day that history is just a bunch of humans repeating the same mistakes with new technology over and yeah. over and over again, relearning. And uh, it, it and then it begs the question, well, why is that? Well, it's, a part of it is just a lack of reflection. Uh, yeah. Perhaps it's ignorance about history, personal, um, personal or, or, or otherwise. And maybe some of it has more to do with the uh, inability for us to spend time on on that reflection and yeah i think um i uh one thing i think is like we have this negative energy often and then now with there's so many dif- distractions out there rather than reflecting we all run straight to you know whatever your cheap dopamine of choice may be so some like I I drew this circle circular graph even last not graph like visual last night and it was like negative energy negative energy and then it goes into cheap dopamine because that's what most people run to it's like that distraction that makes you just comfortable enough to not really make a change in your life and then from the cheap dopamine you make no change obviously back to your crappy life more negative energy then you just run to cheap dopamine again so many people are caught up in this cycle of just you know. They know their life is crappy, but every time they get angry enough, maybe they go drink a bottle of whiskey or maybe they go scroll on their social media for three hours. Maybe they watch some sports. We like come, people are losing the ability to really 
dive deep and dive deep into their pain, their anger, or um, their energy just in general of how they're feeling about themselves and make a real change because there's so many distractions out there that we can run to rather than making a change. So that's one thing I think that all these you know, this crappy, cheap entertainment, all this stuff is really in a way I've looked at it. I now look at it as a way that like we're held down from really transcending into the humans we want to become. I want to be a robot just for the record. I, that's, that's my <laughs> highest and best use. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's, that's excellent insight. I think we often get trapped into a short-term focus. We want that dopamine hit. So we'll feel good right now, but we don't think of the long-term impact and maybe it's harder to go to the gym and work out or to sit down and read a good book. Um, You don't get that dopamine hit right now, but long-term that's going to pay off for you. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's what, that's the thing is like, so many if you read like all these people everyone wants to know how to be successful and like most of the advice that people will tell you is like you have to learn to delay gratification right i feel like that's 99 percent of the time is like you have to sacrifice your current comfort for your later to be able to be comfort comfortable later whereas most people they want to be comfortable now so they're unwilling to sacrifice that so that they don't maybe later it's going to suck but they would rather scroll through social media now rather than going to the gym or rather than working on building a business or working on reaching out to people that kind of thing most people are caught up in that because we're not good at delaying gratification right and then if they avoid avoid adversity now then later when adversity hits they don't know how to deal with it and yeah and I, i think that's the source of a lot of the entitlement culture that we're seeing is that you know, kids, they grow up, they're being handed everything that everyone gets a trophy. Um, you know, you're an athlete. I'm sure you experienced that everyone gets a trophy. So then when something bad happens, they get that first bad grade in college or something, right? They don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. And then it becomes a state where people go into this victim state in a way it's like, um, they're entitled. So, and they feel bad about it. So maybe it's a lot in fitness. It's like people are out of shape. And so they get out of shape And then rather than like taking, I guess it comes into responsibility and a bit responsibility for I'm out of shape. They go in to say like, it's okay to be so overweight. It's okay to be out of like, it's good in like, you know, body positivity, all this where in reality, it's not, it's not healthy. It's not, you know, you you need to uh, get it. Being in shape is one of the best things anyone can do for themselves. Right. Right. Yeah. And go ahead. Oh, I was Sorry just going to say, um, I heard something recently where the American Medical Association is now discouraging the use of the work term morbid obesity. And yeah. my understanding is that was a, that's a clinical term, right? That it actually means something specific and yeah. they're, they're moving away from it. So it's like, if you've got someone who's not healthy or is, you know, in danger of becoming unhealthy later on because of their current state, you have to have a way to communicate with them. But when you remove these technical terms away, then how do you communicate with them? And especially with COVID going on, you know, not to bring COVID up again, but it it works its way into every conversation. But we know that obesity is a a comorbidity for it. So how can we protect people from COVID if we can't tell them they're obese? It's just kind of ridiculous. Yeah. And that's, that's something, um, I think at like one point it was like 76% or something of the people in the hospital ICU were obese or overweight. And that's, 
that's largely one of my main reasons for being very skeptical skeptical about a lot of things. Um, you know, I think that we're encouraging people to, you know, take this shot or whatever, you know, that's fine. But if we can if we can mandate these things, we should also be mandating one one of the main underlying causes, like I said, seventy six percent, getting in shape and being healthy. And it's just it upsets me how less pushed that is uh, compared to, you know, other things that are being pushed very hard. Yeah. You're, you're preaching to the choir on that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah I, I had a, a couple of thoughts that came there. One, one that's it's a recurring theme for me is just this idea of, of a society built on truths or lies. Right. Or at least the, 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 the seeking truth. Right. The idea that we're we're taking a step back and not allowing ourselves to call it morbid obesity uh, for fear of actually offending someone who is suffers from that, right? Yeah. And and there seems to be uh, underlying that some some concept that that we can't be charitable to people or friendly to people by but um, unless unless we lie to them, right? Yeah. You can't tell the person. You know what? Yes, you are morbidly obese, and there is a chance that you will die if you do not address the issue. That doesn't make you a bad person. It does likely mean that you have poor habits that are leading to this, and yeah. we we have no ability to to distinguish there. Um, I, I you know you're you're working with people uh, on their fitness journey, right? Yeah. How much of it is you know when you're trying to meet with these people? Do they want hard truth? Do they want you to lie to them? Are they are they looking for just pure motivation? Are they looking for a cuddle monster? What are they doing? Yeah, I think a lot of the time, um, a big aspect of it is like um, the education behind getting in shape, nutrition, fitness is so poor. Like one of my big beliefs that a lot of people disagree with is, you know, fitness and nutrition should be just in early stages of life should you be just as prioritized in like public education whatever education in general as math and reading should be because this is the rest of your life if you're out of shape it's going to limit you so much and so a lot of these people that come to me you know it's it's just teaching them like what they should eat telling them what they should eat telling them exactly how much to eat like learning what a caloric deficit is um motivating them on a daily basis just saying like you got this you know like you're you're gonna you're gonna make it um and being there as that extra support because i think a lot of it is and most of the people i talk to is their discipline they have no self-discipline and so it's just teaching them how to cultivate that self-discipline um within themselves and most of that is just telling them and asking them what is more important to you is it more important to go eat that uh 15 inch pizza on a friday night or is it more important to be in shape for your family be in shape for so that you can do these things that you want to do and when you break it down to something so simple as that it's like of course being in shape and not dying early is more important than eating this pizza so it's just making every action important in my opinion um cultivating that self-discipline is attaching every action you take to a larger kind of vision of what you really want in life. Yeah, that, that's great. I read an article yeah. on Farnham Street recently. It was Umberto Echo's like four tips for creative writing. So Ben, I don't know if you had to read the name of the rose in, in school or anything, but Umberto Echo's. We lost Scott. 
Let's, Lost let's see if he again. comes back. <laughs> we can fix <laughs> no, this. No worries. Post. No worries. Um, I was going to go into actually another another thing on the uh, – we're talking about like cheap dopamine and all that. Actually, I'll go into comfort. Um, I think that what you were saying about how most people, we want to name it as something different, like not morbidly obese, right? Because I think mm-hmm. the goal now is just to ha- let people be as comfortable as possible. Right. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to tell them these hard truths. We don't want a lot. We don't want to tell them like you're morbidly obese. You need to get in shape. So it's it's just making people like, how can we make you as comfortable as possible when the real thing is all change will come out of discomfort. So we're not letting people get as uncomfortable as they need to in order to make a change. Like how you use this negative energy is going to determine what you're going to do in life, because most of your real strives and strides in life, at least in my opinion, come from a place of like a negative kind of thing. You know, something bad happens to you, maybe a divorce, maybe a, uh, you know, any, someone dies in your family. That's where you really have these points of deep reflection and change. But right now we just want everyone to be comfortable enough so that they never really make any strides, at least in my opinion. Do you have a sense of what the uh, underlying, like if you speak to other people of your generation and your friends and your family, do, do do they share this mindset or these observations? And then do they have different ideas of why? Um, if this is unique to you, to what you guys are experiencing, because every generation is going to have some of their own challenges, right? Um, but and I, and I bring that up because you know Scott and I are both of a, of a generation. We're we're pre-internet. We have two worlds that we can imagine, right? I can remember going and doing things without the internet, not not without Google, uh, without mm-hmm. Facebook, and and all these other uh, tools and and dopamine uh, distractions. You guys really don't, right? You, you don't have that yeah. benefit necessarily. So, w- what is the thinking there as you talk to your friends about this, or do people just not want to engage on it? Yeah, I think that I I mean, I think that it has to come from a place of oftentimes when you're going to influence someone, it has to come from a place of you actually embodying the teaching of like what you're trying to tell. So, I would say I talk to a few people on like a you know somewhat consistent basis on these different topics and like what's going on what i what i think is a good you know way to move forward but um i don't ever try to like push it on people or anything like that i think i write Mm -hmm. a lot i create content and it's like you know you can't change you can't um you can't don't make the horse drink, like let him come to the water and drink. Right. I, 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 met, I probably botched that, but you want that you want them to come to a point where they're so uncomfortable yeah. that now they want to change. Right. Um, well, there, yeah, there's the concept that we talk about in our, our book that you, you really don't change people's opinions. They, they reach a different conclusion on their own. You may yeah. just show them a path that they can walk down. Yeah. But, but, but Scott, we, 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 we missed out your discussion of Umberto Eco. Yeah. Um, sorry. My <laughs> browser keeps crashing for some reason, but, um, yeah, just what I was trying to say is that, um, he, he has this advice where you start off with an image and you build everything around there. You focus on building the world of your story around that image. And so that's what it sounds like you were saying, um, a few minutes ago, Ben, is you, you give people the image of what they want their life to be, and then you teach them yeah. to 
everything that they do should go towards building that image and bringing it to reality. So I thought that exactly. was just a really good, uh, really good observation. Yeah. I like that. Most of it is just finding where their pain point is. Right. Right. It's like one of my guys, you know, he gets winded walking up the steps and it's like, that is a hard pain point for him. And so that's something we need to change. Um, and then, you know, there's all these different reasons that people want to get into shape. And then you need to use that as your type of motivation to move forward and actually do what you want to do and not stay stagnant like most people do. Um, and then to what you were saying, Stefan, a little bit ago, I think that, um, you know, most with my generation, most of the funny thing, the difference between us is like a lot of our problems have come out of a place of we're too comfortable. And so I think like the best for any young person, at least, or maybe anyone at this point is like, the best thing you can do is bring, bring like meaningful discomfort onto yourself at this point. And so that's, that's one of my big like principles is you shouldn't look at struggle as something that you want to avoid. You should look at it as something like you want to struggle. You want to bring this upon yourself and on a daily basis as well through different actions. So kind of the thought of do hard things. Yes, exactly. You know, like wake up and take uh, get in a freezing cold shower and go to the gym and, you know, do things you don't want to do. So, because the things that you don't want to do are usually the things that are going to actually make you progress in life is what at least is what I've come to. Right. What's that um, biological term for it? Is it hormesis or something? Stasis. What's that? You mean stasis or something else? I, I was thinking hormesis, but yeah, it's the idea where you make yourself a little uncomfortable and your body will adapt mm -hmm. to it and that you'll get stronger. Um, I'll look exactly. that up and I'll put the right word in the notes, but there's a great, there's a great story about that. There were, uh, there were scientists that were in a, um, a geodome in Arizona. I want to say where they're trying to, to research what it would take to, uh, be able to colonize other planets. And they, they planted, uh, trees and other plants and they found that all the trees were, uh, at some point they would grow and then they would just die. And they, they, they just couldn't figure out what it was. They would, you know, fall over. And finally, they realized that in the dome, there's no wind. So without the wind, you don't put any strain on the tree and it doesn't strengthen the roots. So at some yeah. point, the tree is, has, has grown taller, but it doesn't have a good foundation. It falls over. Yeah, um, that's, and it's, that's great. Yeah, it's just this idea that you do have to have stress, stress or strain, which I think, Scott, that's what you're referring to, in order to strengthen not just grow. I mean, there's there's other elements there that people don't um, necessarily understand about growth. Is is that again, you can you can make a, a building very 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 tall, but very fragile, mm -hmm. right? Um, that you you want to be able to have it be durable, uh, durable, immune to issues, and resilient, so that as as that growth occurs, uh, you you can if you have setbacks of some kind, you're able to rebound. Yeah. And I think one thing about it all, especially in fitness is, you know, it's all very simple to an extent. It's like, okay, you need to eat this amount of food. You need to do this. You need to do that. Or in life in general, like you bring on these hard things into your life. It's it's very simple. Like you kind of usually 
you have this intuition about what you need to do, but it's not easy. And that's, that's the side, like every, it's simple, like the good life, in my opinion is, is simple, but it's not really an easy like choice. Like it's doing hard things. So it's not easy. It's simple. Like, you know what you're going to do, but, uh, it's difficult. So that's one thing, especially like with the wind, for example, like it's simple to, okay, these trees just need wind, but now it's, how are we going to create this wind? What are we going to, where are we going to manufacture this wind? So it's not easy to, it's like simple. They know that they need to do that. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Um, I mean, we've, we've been talking a lot about nutrition and a little bit about working out, but I want to get to one that I think is the most important and that's sleep. Um, I like to say that sleep, sleep is the best performance enhancing drug there is. Um, 100%. But we, we live in this hustle culture, hustle porn, where people, it seems like are on social media bragging about how little sleep they get. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, I think that that's bullshit. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so sleep is really, like you said, it's the most important thing and it's just, um, it's simple to optimize your sleep really it's just like turning off your electronics before bed you know um sleeping in a completely dark room sleeping in a cold room and uh staying on a consistent schedule and from there that's really that easy but i think that um sacrificing one thing is sacrificing sleep in order to hustle more is going to negatively affect your hustle every time so Give me the guy that sleeps nine hours and works like maybe seven hours versus the guy that sleeps like three hours and works 12 hours every day. Um, He's going to, I know he's going to perform better on a daily basis. And that's one thing I have to tell these people that I work with a lot is like, I have a guy who works, you know, 17, 16 hours a day on his business. And I'm like, man, like imagine if you slept rather than five hours, you slept like seven hours, I guarantee that your work would have better outputs every, like it's, it's, it's weird that it's like that, but you know, sleep is something that we all need to prioritize. And that's, that's like kind of one of the big stones, I guess. I I think of them as like big rocks. It's like sleep, nutrition, and exercise. Those are like the three big rocks that you want to get in order first for any person. And that's the problem too, is everyone wants to talk about supplements and talk about all this extra jazz, like recovery, um, all these things. And really the three main things, if you don't have these down, those are what you need to focus on completely from the start. And I think that's probably part of our culture is like everyone wants a pill for it to just get better and wants a quick fix. But the real thing is like, you need to get these big rocks down and actually do these, but no one wants to. So yeah, because that's that's hard <laughs> when you can just get yeah. a pill from a doctor. Um, have you yeah. ever read "Why We Sleep" by Matt Walker? No, I have yeah. not actually. It's, it's really good. He's a sleep researcher, and he was on Rogan, um, but he talks a lot about yeah. one thing that he brought up that I thought was really interesting is it, you get used to sleeping five hours a night, and you feel like you've adapted to it, but your your performance is still degraded. You just oh yeah, I mean like so yeah. I think that there is some study out there um, where it's like your testosterone for men, especially like your testosterone as you sleep less. Even if you think oh I'm fine, I'm fine, your testosterone is decreasing like constantly as you sleep less and less. And that's like for men at least, that's 
a lot of the lifeblood of where our motivation, where our discipline, our, um, you know, ability to move forward and push forward uh, on a daily basis. That's where that comes from. So you're kind of hurting yourself every time you sleep uh, suboptimally. Yeah. So it's, it's, in a, that explains low T. I had no, I honestly had no idea. That's really yeah, it does. Yeah, oh, man. Sleep. It's crazy how much sleep goes in. How much sleep goes into, especially like losing fat. If you're not sleeping enough, because a lot of the people I work with, they want to lose fat and they're sleeping five hours. I'm like, well, this is actually a large reason you're not losing fat. You're not. You're not like able to recover properly. Mm-hmm. Your I think your metabolism slows down when you're not sleeping. So you're not uh, like you need to eat even less food than you already are, you know? Yeah. So, and your, uh, your leptin and ghrelin, am I saying that right? Ghrelin yeah. get, get out of whack. And those are the hormones that control your uh, hunger and, um, your sense of feeling full or your satiety, satiety, how you ever, however you say it. Yeah. So yeah, when you don't sleep enough, those hormones get out of whack. So you're actually, you feel hungrier when you really don't need to eat. And, um, it, it just, yeah, plays havoc on you. And I'll say, I mean, I'll just, I'll come out and admit it. I'm on HRT. I mean, I'm 49 yeah, and I've been on HRT for a couple of years and just the, just the mental aspect of it has been amazing. Um, yeah. I, I don't do a heavy enough dose to where I feel like it's really making a physical difference. You know, my sh- shoulders are maybe a little thicker since that's where the androgen receptors are. But, um, it's, yeah. for me, it's just mostly mental. And, um, I think, yeah, I honestly, you know, I'm, I'm not old enough, but I will 100% be getting on HRT as I get older. I think it's, I think it's like, why wouldn't you, why, why wouldn't you in a way, because it's, it's just helping you keep that mental state and keep that testosterone up, which is what helps us continue. Like, like I said, continue pushing forward. So I think every, every man in a way could benefit from that as they get older. Yeah. Yeah. And folks, this isn't medical advice. If you want to get on HRT, go see a doctor and somebody (laughs) knows what they're doing. Don't just uh, start buying steroids off the dark web and start injecting yourself. No, exactly. (laughs) And and Well, that's the funny thing too, is like one of the big problems in the world right now is like, I think like 30 years ago and now the average man, like young 20 year old man's testosterone levels are what the average 60 year old's testosterone levels were at 60 years ago or something. It's crazy. And it's just because we're, we're so adapted into this hustle culture. We're filling ourselves with crappy food every day. You know, we're not exercising, we're out of shape, all these things. And so it's, 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 it's a real problem. Um, the low testosterone overall. You, you know, you mentioned diet just now, and then we're talking about sleep. I think in theory, someone can listen to you and, and quickly go, yeah, I get it. But those are ingrained habits exactly. that are, are very difficult to change. I guess in, in meeting with your clients, do you have, do you have models and, and techniques, skills even that you're, you're uh, are able to give to people to really, really change those habits for good? Yeah. Um, so a lot of it is just, uh, I guess, eating more protein. It's like having protein in every meal. That's that's one of the main things that I kind of bring in right away. Um, and then other than that, it's, it's just like, okay, we should stick to these foods and teaching them why these processed foods are bad and why this whole, these whole foods that you can eat are good. Um, and just educating people, like if you're eating something out, it, food is essentially energy. 
and people want to be running you want to be running well and so if you eat crappy foods you're gonna it's like putting bad gas in your car versus putting good gas in your car right and so it's just kind of education around what foods to eat what foods not to eat and then why some foods are bad why some foods are good so yeah. so r- really what you're saying is your your clients there's there's a level of ignorance and I I don't mean that negatively it's not it's not the same thing as calling someone stupid ignorance yeah. just means you just don't know. Yeah, right? exactly and then they don't know often then oftentimes even when people do know it's just a lack of discipline. Um I think that's like the number one number one thing anyone faces is maybe they know like um these vegetables and this like you know chicken breast is better than going and eating like mcdonald's but they don't have the discipline to decide like okay i'm going to do this over this because it just hasn't become that important to them yet where they haven't had the super negative thing something bad happened to them as a result of their health because they're so comfortable so it's just they have to reach a point of being so uncomfortable that they're really willing to change Mm. yeah and that's that's probably also goes into just not being educated early on on what's really healthy and what's not healthy because when you form these habits at such a young age your metabolism so fast when you're young you don't it doesn't really affect you but as you get older they continue these habits and then it starts actually affecting you even if you can't tell well you get out of shape but you don't realize like you're also shortening your lifespan you're also negatively impacting your testosterone you're also you know not like as happy as you could be um so yeah yeah um that reminds me of this feedback loop um it's you know knowledge right so you have a foundation of knowledge but then you have to take that knowledge and put it into practice and then you what you learn from putting the knowledge into practice helps strengthen your knowledge um you know so you know we're not all the same some people respond to higher carb diets a little better than other people yeah so what you have to do is you, you know you have to take that knowledge that foundational knowledge of nutrition and you have to try different things and see what works best for you. And then you take that experience and feed it back into your knowledge base. So it's just yeah. a constant, constant loop. Um, so oh. yeah, that was a great point about the discipline, right? You can't just read a book and expect to get healthier, right? You got to read the book and then actually do the work. Yeah. And that's what like I uh, had written about that a little bit, uh, thinking about that before I came on was like, the mental and physical diet are equally as important as each other and they work together to create your outcome. So it's like if you're taking in scrolling through like crappy TikToks of girls shaking their butts all day, you're going to have, you're going to have feel crappy, right? If you're taking in um, McDonald's and Chinese food every single day, you're going to have bad results. And so a lot of it, step one for most people is just changing what their mental diet and this can be in business help in business or help in uh relationships too what are you look at what you're bringing into your life on a daily basis what you're watching what you're reading and what you're eating what you're drinking things like that um i think the like mental and physical diet like everyone knows about the physical diet but we don't think about the mental diet as much as we need to because if someone i guarantee if someone reads even if they don't make the change after one nutrition book if they read and watch things about getting healthier for you know watch 30 hours of videos i I bet they're going to change somewhat rather than just watching you know it's okay to be fat videos or something like that you know 
Yeah. I mean, it, I think it's definitely, it's good to have a positive attitude about yourself, but you have yeah. to also face reality that yeah. if you know, you're doing unhealthy things, you may be perfectly healthy right now when you're 25 or 30, but it's going to catch up to you. Yeah. And I, I think that it's, it's not that I say like you should not like yourself, not love yourself, like self-love really important, but you need to recognize that you have a certain, you have a level of potential. You have so much potential and you're not even close to where you could be. It's like, okay, you're doing okay, but you're not nearly as good as you could be if you actually started doing some new things and trying some new things, you know? Yeah. And I think that's where understanding yourself really comes in. Um, yeah. You know, like we were saying before, you know, everyone's different, right? We all have different genetics. I've gotten down to below 10% body fat three times in my life. And all three times, I mean, my testosterone levels and motivation and energy were just in the toilet. Yeah. And when I'm up around that 14-ish percent body fat area, it seems to be when th everything really seems to be firing on all cylinders. So I've, yeah. I've just given up this idea of being like some super ripped, you know, bodybuilder yeah. looking guy. Because it just... No, it, and Either I'm doing it wrong or it just doesn't fit with my genetics. I, you know, I don't know, but I think that that's, yeah. And that's not my goal. I'm not trying to get anyone to be like Hulk, right? I'm just trying to, I see fitness in a lot of way and like being in shape in a lot of way as like giving you access to more experiences. So I just try to help people get into a shape where they can be, look in the mirror and be happy with how they look and also go, go out and do things that you really want to do. Cause I think a main, point the main point of life is really just to experience so a lot of people by being so out of shape they can't maybe go summit a mountain like they want to they can't go skydiving because they're so out of shape so i just want to help people get into a place where they can actually experience these things that they want to experience maybe they want to run be able to run like a 5k maybe you know they want to, they people have different goals behind what they want they want to be able to travel with their family right so it's just getting them to that place. I don't think, um, unless it's a goal, like I have a goal of bodybuilding. So that's why I stay like, try to get really lean. But do I think that everyone needs to do that? Absolutely not. Right. And you have to be aware of the trade-offs too. Um, yeah. you know, a lot of these top level bodybuilders, right. They'll admit that their libidos are, are garbage when they're you know, ripped, ready for competitions. So you have to understand what you're giving up in order to achieve that goal. Um, yeah. One of the things I, that really irritates me are the, the, the fitness gurus and stuff on Twitter telling you like, you know, you're never going to get laid if you don't have 10% body fat. And I'm thinking like, yeah. are, are you even telling the people the danger that you're putting them in by putting them on <laughs> some crazy restricted diet and things like that? So um, understand, right? There's trade-offs. Yeah. Paul and I yeah. talk about that a lot. There's trade-offs. So yeah. if you want to be that bodybuilder, low body fat person, right? Understand that there's going to be some effects that or possibly be some effects you may not like. And yeah. you'll have to understand. And I think that. that the funny thing about that is I think oftentimes um, people will talk about the trade-offs on that end, but they won't, you know, they won't want to talk about the trade-offs on the other hand of what's going on if you're extremely out of shape, right? There's a lot of trade-offs to that too. So most people, if that's a goal, I mean, that's, it's, it's maybe not a great goal to be in, in like, it's a good goal to be in great shape, but worrying about the trade-offs of being in great shape versus worrying about like, okay, I just need to like, I'm at way out of shape right now. Um, I would, I would take those trade-offs one over the other a lot of the time personally. <laughs>
Yeah. Do you have something, Paul? Uh, no, no. I, I'm no. just okay. uh, thinking about how it, it's it is fascinating to me the the idea that the biggest secret out there is is something that everyone already knows, but just don't want to admit to themselves, right? Like if they just slept. Um, they know that they need to sleep better, but they don't. They know that they need to eat better food, but they don't. They know that they need to exercise because the body desires and needs it, but yeah. they don't. Um, and so instead, they, they can spend a lot of time, just infinite amounts, not near, not infinite, but just huge quantities of energy focused on, I just didn't want to find that secret. I just want to find that pill. Um, I just want to find that the, the, the right blend of these nootropics to you know keep my mind activated and stimulated rather than saying just go to sleep just yeah. just just try a month i mean you think about it, telling someone listen you you work you know you get 5 hours of sleep a night just spend one month getting seven and a half hours and just track it every day and and then you know do a simple kind of question do i feel better or worse and how's my thinking Right, maybe that's yeah. all you need. How how is my thinking? Uh, but it's it, it, these we build these myths, these false beliefs into our head. Well, I, that's not possible. I can't do that. I, there's no way I could get seven and a half hours of sleep every single night for a month. You go. Well, wait a second. You get five and a half hours of sleep every day, and you've got you know you you drink twelve cups of coffee. <laughs> are you telling me like none of this could ever change because there's people yeah. that are very successful that that seem to do it. So. Uh, and th- those thoughts came to mind. Yeah. I mean, we all want to picture ourselves as being unique, right? We're that less than 1% of the population that can function on five, four or five hours of sleep a night or something like that. But the, I mean, the truth is, is I mean, average is average for a reason. And most of us are average, yeah. even though we don't want to admit it. Um, so and, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but don't you notice the benefits of sleep after just one or two nights of good sleep, I mean, it's pretty oh, yeah. quick, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you wake up, if, if, if you, when you make sleep a priority, it's like, I, like you said, it's, I think it's the biggest visual change, not even vi- visual change actually also. And just like mental change you can feel right away um, when you start to prioritize it. And, um, one thing I was going to say to you, Stefan, fr- from that was like, everyone wants the magic pill. Yeah, everyone everyone wants this. And I think that a lot of it is because the number one excuse is often like it's discipline, but it's also like, I don't have time for this. And so mm-hmm. people are just so like, one of my favorite um, things I've read recently was Seneca. And it was like on time, I think it was some on the something of time. And it was like, we're so willing to... Um, give money away, not even give money away. We're so whatever, willing to give certain, give our time away, but we're not so willing to give our money away. Right. And so people are just not as cognizant and don't prioritize their time as much as they should do. It's like, I don't have time to go to the gym. I don't have time to sleep seven hours or eight hours. Well, how do you have time to go look at your phone for two hours? How do you have time to watch Netflix? Because like the average Netflix, I mean, people, most people watch Netflix, it seems like most people are on their phone for like three, four hours a day. And so, but then they'll tell you they don't have time to do a certain thing. And it's just what you do with your time is going to tell a lot about what, if you're going to be in shape, if you're going to be out of shape, you know, how you're going to feel on a daily basis. Yeah, it's, it comes down to prioritization. 
Um, mm-hmm. If you're prioritizing Netflix over your health, then of course you're not going to have time because there's always something else to watch on Netflix. Now, now what if I'm watching a show about bodybuilders or <laughs> guys running the combine? I mean, I, there, there's, there's a certain feeling that I'm getting better. Yeah, I mean, that's what it goes back to, though. It's like, of course, you're going to take in certain things. It's like the mental diet, right? You know, if you're that's not it just depends on what you look at as good for your mental diet. And it's like if you're watching things about learning to be healthy that you're going to apply or if you're listening to your guys podcast where you're learning things actively, that's not necessary. That's not like a bad thing to be doing that. But it's also applying what you learn and uh doing things with that like the guy that reads 300 books and never takes action is just a guy with a lot of useless knowledge in his brain <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah you, you, you do have those people and i i think anybody can can cross that line but that this idea i just want to keep on gathering knowledge gathering gathering books and and feeling there's a confidence that comes from, well no now i know right so like, i found the secret now i know that i need to exercise seven days a week and i need to yeah. sleep for seven and a half hours it's like what are you doing it no but i know that it's true right yeah. there's, there's this right. sense of gratification. you know that's funny you said about this idea of delayed gratification they're instantly gratified that they know the secret but they're still not willing to delay the gratification, right? By doing the work to actually get there, so they feel better. It's, it's right. It's they have to go read twelve. Yeah, they have to go read three books and watch twelve YouTube videos on how to sleep better before they can start trying to sleep <laughs> That's better. Right. Um, yeah. Um, so, I mean, talking about time, are there any? I mean, I don't want to really use the word hack, but like any time efficient methods that people can utilize to. Um, maybe jumpstart their fitness journey so that they're not spending two or three hours in the gym every day and, you know, spending hours trying to cook their meals. What, what are some things that you could recommend? Yeah. So a lot of, one thing I definitely recommend is like actually taking a day, like usually Sundays for most people is what bet what's best and like meal prepping a lot of their foods. Um, I think that a lot of the time the problem is people get to say like that one o'clock hour on like a Tuesday, and they're like, oh, I don't have any food. I don't have time to cook, so I'm just going to order in food. So a lot of the thing is um, preparing your food ahead of time. So you go look in the fridge, and there is just a meal there, and you know exactly what you have to eat. And so that just gives you, like, often failing to prepare will lead to you going off of what you know you need to do. So it's like if you don't uh, plan to go to the gym tomorrow, um, you don't end up going right. You don't have a schedule. I think just scheduling in a lot of ways is everything. And I'm not, I'm not someone who believes in super strict scheduling. Like I don't understand how people will schedule time in like 15 per minute, 15 minute increments every day. I'm like, no, that that's not going to work. Um, but schedule having like a somewhat schedule. One thing for me, at least that works really well. And like what I tell people is like, go to the gym right away when you not, maybe not right away, but as soon as you can after you wake up just because it just really doesn't when you don't think about it and you just get up and you're like all right i'm gonna do my morning routine then i'm gonna go it's just you knock out that quick win right away and so a lot of it comes back to uh sleep too it's like you you want to be on a schedule where you're going to bed optimally like you know somewhere between 9 to 11 p.m waking up hopefully most of the time i think waking up before 7 a.m is like a great tool there and 
then once you do that, your way, morning productivity outweighs uh, all these night product, like trying to do things at night. When you go to the gym at 11, 11 p.m., that's going to mess up your sleep. And then the next morning, you're not going to do anything. And so it's just waking up early and getting these quick wins right away by going to the gym, working out, uh, doing all that right away, I think. I also like something uh, that feels like you're, you're, you're prioritizing yourself first in the day. So it's, it's very easy. And I, I know I've, I've fallen into this trap of waking up and going directly to the computer, start doing work emails or to yeah. do some kind of work that, that I, I feel needs to be done. And I, and I know it's a distinction between those days when I don't do that. I, I wake up, I meditate, uh, maybe I go exercise, maybe I do something else. Uh, but it's, it, it feels like my time. Like I've, I've invested in me. Now everything else is out there for me to do. Yeah. And I think that's, that's one big thing too, is, um, in the mornings, um, don't be looking at your email. Don't be looking at your phone right away because overall it's like at the end of your life, most important to you is that, you know, you took care of yourself, you lived a good life, you were happy with what you did. So in the morning you want to be, like you said, prioritizing yourself. So I think that getting out of bed and meditating, stretching, um, maybe having a small meal, then going to the gym, then beginning your work because at the end of your life, I mean, maybe if you're working on your own business, you're doing that. Like, yeah, that's great. But then your life, you'll be more happy with, um, the time you took to take care of yourself than all this stuff you did outside of yourself that maybe wasn't as meaningful. And it's like getting, getting in, I mean, getting super rich or getting, um, getting everything you ever wanted isn't that important if you can't enjoy it because you're so unhealthy or so unhappy. <laughs> Mentally or physically unhealthy to enjoy the exactly. fruits of all your labor. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, quick question. Do you, do, do the people that you're coaching, do any of them do intermittent fasting? Yeah, some of them do. Um, I think that one, th what I think about intermittent fasting is um, it's, it's, good to it's a good way to structure um going into a caloric deficit so when you're trying to lose weight it's just like it makes it easier so that you kind of have this like humans thrive off a lot of humans at least thrive off structure and so when they know like i'm not going to eat between these and these times it just make helps with that discipline of like okay i'm not going to eat right now so it doesn't really give them an option but when they have an option like maybe they, they stay up late and they're like, Oh, like I'm still hung. Like I'm hungry. I'm going to go eat this. Then it just, rather than if they're on intermittent fasting, they're like, well, I, I don't eat right now. So I'm not going to, yeah. right. It just, it just helps provide that extra structure. And that's one thing that I think most people could benefit from is just bringing more structure into their life overall. Like, and that'll lead to a more healthy life, like sleep schedule, that's structure, eating a certain kind of food, that's structure, uh, doing work blocks at certain times, structure, like all these things um, help you to really uh, slingshot yourself forward. So, so it's interesting if I kind of think a layer up of so many of the themes we've had on this conversation, right? It's that uh, people can be ignorant of what they actually need to do uh, they're, they're dealing with chaos or entropy in their life and that, um, then they have to have some discipline to address the two, right? So what you talked about yeah. in terms of solutions being, being structure, uh, and then, and then adding in the layers of discipline to actually go achieve the things. And then I, I, I suppose a fourth one 
maybe it's the most important is this sort of mission and vision for what you want in life uh, that isn't um, that includes a sort of healthy mind and healthy body. Yeah. Right? So yeah. you hear a lot of people talk about what they want in life, and it's oh, I want the I want the nice house, I want the three point five kids and a beautiful wife. Those are those are good things. I'm I'm not complaining, but there is a an element there of saying I want to be uh, healthy mentally, physically for everyone, myself, and for everyone else. Yeah, there's like two sides to everything uh, that you want. And we look at the future as so positively. Often we're like, oh, like maybe this could happen in the future. We believe. Um, all these great things could happen, but the, where most people lack then is like, okay, you have this belief, you kind of know what you want, but then you don't also have the other side, which is action. So it's like good beliefs about what is going to happen in the future is great, but without the action, it's never going to happen really overall. Yeah. 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 So, uh, we've brought up several good points here. So I, I kind of think I know what your answer to this next question is going to be, but, what would you say is the one thing that people could start doing today to start improving their health? Yeah. Um, so I think kind of what we talked about earlier, the the big rocks are, are huge. But I think even before setting these three big rocks into place, it's just um, the number one thing I think anyone can do nowadays is like taking an honest look at themselves and see where they're faulting. Because I can't tell you you know, where you're struggling, where, where like someone else is struggling, what they exactly need to do if they don't at least first acknowledge that in themselves. So I think the big, the big starting point is sitting in like a room or grabbing a blank sheet of paper and kind of analyzing where am I at in life and where do I optimally want to go? Right. If you, if you, if you never do that and you just, you have to know where point B is to get to point to, I mean, you have to know where point A is to be able to get to point B. If you don't know where you're at, you'll never know where you want to go really, or you never get to where you want to go. So I think reflection and just seeing inside yourself is the first step. And then from there, oftentimes it leads into these three big rocks, which is uh, sleep, diet, and uh, exercise. And uh, yeah. So I think that's the first step overall. Acknowledge where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not honest with yourself about your current reality, then you're going to have trouble getting to the reality that you want. Yeah. And that's, I think so many people are like, that's one of the, one of my favorite quotes um, is like, rather than love, fame uh, or money, give me truth. Right. And mm-hmm. it's mo- so few people actually are living in truth with themselves about where they're at in this life and where they want to go. And I think if you turn up the dial on truth, you see like, holy shit, I'm not, I'm not in a good spot right now. And I need to start doing some new things. I need to start changing. And so it's just, that's the problem is no one wants to leave that point of comfort. So it's escaping that comfort and being like, I'm actually really uncomfortable, but I'm just lying to myself with cheap dopamine to make myself feel just comfortable enough that I don't change. So, so what came to mind is sort of the model of the self that uh, is sort of a psychological model that there's the person you think you are, there's a person that you actually are, and there's the person that you want to be. Yeah. And, you know, you can ask yourself, who am I being when I'm answering these questions? I, I think it's actually very 
insightful to say the first thing you need to do to really help your health is is to be honest with yourself because it I was going to say never drink another soda you know yeah. <laughs> drop drop sugar out of your diet but yeah. you you're right I mean I think the insight but it, knowing that you know if you're saying I'm being honest with yourself you can really ask yourself am I is is that reality or is that me thinking I'm being honest with myself who I want to, who I want to think I am versus who I actually am I think that's yeah. that's that's powerful yeah, and I think that's a lot of it is like everyone wants to attack the surface problem of what's going on, but until you dig deeper and really attack what's going on deep down, why you're why you're doing these things, um, you won't really make a long-standing change within yourself. Um, and that's the ultimate goal. It's not to go on some diet for twelve weeks so that you can get in shape. Um, it's to make a permanent healthy change in your life in, in, in any fashion too, like mentally as well. Um, you don't want to just attack the surface problem because there's always something lurking under the surface. It seems like. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. That was excellent insight. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I got a lot more too, if you guys want to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, so my browser is crashed a couple times so i have no idea how long we've been going paul what's do you have the timer we're, we're, still yeah we're certainly at f- uh, 59 minutes okay um i don't know what do you think paul you want to keep going I got, I got one more piece that i definitely like to talk about um, okay yeah which let's is get into just it. Yeah. yeah which is just um surroundings you know and that's where a lot of the discipline will come from is what you surround yourself with a lot and so one thing i think is like most people have friends or family or something and they listen to them and they see what they do. And oftentimes, you know, most people are unhealthy, so they won't change. And I think a a large part of starting to make these great changes in yourself is looking at your surroundings and seeing what you need to change, what you need to keep in, what you kind of need to take out and be, you need to be really selective with who you allow to, uh, take your energy, who you give your time to, and uh, all that kind of thing. And I think people are not prioritizing that enough overall. Right. So. You have to you have to be on the lookout for those energy vampires, right? Those people that just come along and suck the life out of you. Yeah. Yeah. And Destruction vampires, energy vampires. Right. And that goes into food, too. It's like with your surroundings with food, if you're keeping a ton of crappy foods in your house, that's that's a negative thing you're surrounding yourself with, which makes you more likely to eat crap foods, right? If they're just sitting in the cupboard and you go look in the cupboard, you're going to grab that crap food. So it's it's changing your surroundings to be a more healthy spot because most of the time you you know what you need to, like we've talked about a lot, you know what you need to do. It's just making the changes yourself. So I think changing your surroundings is another key part to like cultivating that discipline overall. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I have yeah. heard some folks talk about, you know, keeping a bag of Doritos or something um, just so they can look at it, but not eat it. Right. So they can give themselves that little simple win. But I just I couldn't see myself doing that. No, <laughs> that, that's that tor- bag of Doritos that's would be gone. Yeah, it's yeah, torture. That's torture. <laughs> I would not I would not suggest that to anyone personally. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the kind of real, real insight there out of sight, out of mind, right? If, if it's not around you and you don't see it, you can at some point forget about it. You'll forget about Doritos unless you see the commercial for it, even though you've eaten them forever. So it's, yeah. it's good. It's good to remove them from your environment. 
Yeah, yeah and same. I think along with that is um, the advice to just shop the perimeter of the grocery store where the usually yeah. the meats and the vegetables and all that are. Because once you go into the middle of the grocery store, right, you're looking at the boxes of cereal and the bags of potato chips and all of that. So. Yeah, and yeah. I think like I did a thread a little while back on Twitter about like how to shop um, because most people like one thing that I said is go to the like two tips. My main two tips are go to the store. Never, never go to the store hungry. First off, because when you go to the store hungry, you're, you're probably going to buy some crap you don't need and binge eat it in the parking lot. I know I have in the past, like one of my worst stories, I ate a whole box of cookies in the grocery <laughs> store parking lot. And I was like, never done that again. Never going to the store hungry again. So I learned the lesson there. Wait, wait, what, what kind of cookies are we talking about here? Are these like top <laughs> shelf or are these like the bottom no. grade? Man, like, you know what it was? It was like the bottom grade sugar cookies with like the blue frosting on them. And I was oh. like, uh, yeah, oh, man, this was like a year ago. Don't worry. It hasn't it, it hasn't happened since. And then the other thing is, you know, going to the store, never going to the store hungry and then going to the store every time with a lift list of exactly what you're going to get. Um because most people, they'll go to the store and they might wander aimlessly and get, oh, this looks good. I'll grab that. But if you go to the store and you know exactly what you're going to get, you kind of, it's like, like we've talked about, it's structure. I think structure is, right, is yeah. key there. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know I've, I've never gone to the grocery store hungry and walked out with a lot of stuff I shouldn't have. So. <laughs> that doesn't happen to anybody. No. no. <laughs> um so 20, 2020, 2021, it's been interesting to say the least. So yeah. uh, what what's the biggest lesson you learned from what's gone on for the last couple of years? Oh, man. Um, I think, well, it depends on what we're talking about exactly. But I would, I would say a lot of it is that people are not willing to think for themselves overall. Um, and people just want to be told what to do rather than like having this intuition inside themselves and thinking about what they they actually should do and what they, you know, looking at things with more of a, a analytical eye, I think. So just finding truth doesn't seem as important to me as it should be in this world, personally. And so... Yeah, and I, I think that's great. And I think that fits in with the fitness thing very well, too. Um yeah. You know, people, they, they want to get in shape, but they don't want to take the time to do the research and experiment on themselves basically yeah. to figure out what works for them. They just want to go to some website and have a, a meal plan handed to them. Yeah. And then and, if it doesn't work, they get upset. Yeah. And people want, people want to, uh, you know, they spent 30 years getting out of shape and they want to get in shape in 12 weeks. And so it's like, you know, get you, they want these results so fast and not, they're not really, really willing to actually like analyze like, okay, I've been doing this for, I've been doing these really unhealthy habits for a really long time. So it's probably going to take me a decent amount of time to like get to a healthy place again. And so I think it's just honesty there of like, I've been messing up for a while. I need to change. So you mean those Twitter gurus that tell me I can turn into Thor in three weeks by, yeah. if I just buy their program? Yeah, that's man. That's not going to happen? <laughs> and that's one of my things, too. Like, 
with my coaching, I don't actively, I, I don't actively push my coaching on Twitter as much anymore. Cause like I want people, I, I put out content, I do all that, but I want people to come to me because I, I was, I, at first, like I had these other guys telling me like, go and reach out to guys and like tell them like they need to get into better shape. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. I want people to want to get in shape and see my content and want to come to get in shape and like, I'll help them get in shape, you know? And then the other part is like in my offer, it's, I will continue, like, I don't, I, I put a time amount on it for uh, coaching services, right? Like, oh, we'll work together for six months. But every coaching offer, every coaching client I have is, I say, look, if we don't get where we want to be in six months, I'll continue working with you completely free for as long as it takes. Because overall, it's like, if I tell you, you get somewhere and you try and you don't get there, I'm not going to just say, okay, you have to pay me again. I'm going to help you get all the way to where you want to be. So, and it's, it's just, changing helping people change overall so i love to do it and um i think it's i think it's really good work uh like for the world in general it's something the world needs a lot of and so i'm, I'm glad that there are a lot of fitness coaches and guys trying to help people nowadays um and i try to do my best there yeah that's i think it was um we had joey on a while yeah. back, but I think he had mentioned like, you can't shame people into becoming your customer, right? You have to yeah. make them want to become your customer. Yeah. That's, a, that's yeah. a good mindset to have. Or if you're shaming them, you're not going to get the customers you want because of the reason that they accepted the offer. Right. right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I learned that lesson fast too, because I was like, just telling people like, Oh, you're not, you're not like, you could be in so like, you need to be in better shape, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, this is, this is, that's not, that's not right. That's not, that's not actually going to create s some meaningful, it's, it's supposed to be a meaningful relationship and it's not going to create any meaningful change. Like you want them to be in pain. Yes. But you don't want to be trying to inflict that pain onto them of telling them they're so out of shape, you know? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I think also going back to this concept of, you know, you you don't actually change people's hearts and minds like they they reach that conclusion on their own. Like yeah. there's there's a good chance of that, that person that they they know it, maybe they don't want to admit to them to themselves, but through through the right path they can get there and then they're primed, right? Then they're ready to say, "Listen, I I have got here. I I've reached that point. I know that I need to change. I need help doing it." Now now they're kind of a a uh, open vessel, if you will, to to listen and be receptive to what you're saying. Um, yeah. really really apply the discipline yeah and then and then that's the thing is like um i think a lot of people can get to that place and i think the most important thing is like they'll start i've had a lot of guys where they'll come in and they'll start and they'll be really intensely doing the program for the first maybe three or four weeks and then after that they kind of fall off and so a big key there is just maintaining discipline and maintaining like why you're doing this Everyone can get motivated. So few people can actually stay disciplined and keep on it after three months where they're continue working. And um, yeah, so they need to not just change. They need to not just a lot of people want to make like one time changes and carry it out for a few weeks, but they're not willing to really commit long term. And I think that's really important. Well, uh, we had a few more topics on the list, but we're, we're running out of time here. So maybe, yeah. um, maybe we can have you come back later on, maybe after the first of the year and we can talk some more. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love awesome. to for sure. Yeah. So yeah, tell us where people can get in touch with you. What products do you have going on? 
Yeah, most of it is just um, on in- Instagram and Twitter, Ben Moore Fit. I put out a lot of content, more content on Instagram. I think that my Instagram stuff is a lot more meaningful because you can actually write longer, ter- longer, you know, longer form. And I think that people get more out of that, whereas everyone can tweet like whatever, 180 characters. I hate that. Um, so Ben Moore at Ben Moore Fit on pretty much every social media platform and then Product wise, I have coaching, which I which I I love to do, and I'm willing to work with anyone. And then, other than that, I have like a few Gumroad products up there. I think I have one or two for free, and then one is a paid a paid product. Um, and so that is just a video course. I think it's twelve videos long, where it just explains all my kind of principles around getting in shape it goes into everything that that would be needed and then people if you buy the course you can request any video you want on any topic and i'll continue adding it on so it's kind of i wanted to do something different from everywhere everyone else where they have a course and um then that's kind of the end all be all it's like if someone doesn't understand something after watching that i'll record a whole nother video and add it into the course just so i cover it so yeah. So when when you say anything, if I buy the course, does that mean I can request a video of you wearing a tutu dancing ballet or <laughs> no, not, not that, not that side. Not yeah, that. You should be you careful can, what you promise, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It has to be uh somewhat family friendly, but any any topic <laughs> Any any topic whatsoever, like any topic somewhat around family friendly, somewhat yeah. like I like somewhat. you gotta you yeah. gotta modify it there just a bit. I mean, yeah, the thing is, like, I mean, people ask me to text them and, like, I've had a client say, like, yeah, text me, like, that I need to, like, text me, like, mean things to motivate me on a daily basis. So if someone wants me to, like, come on there and start screaming at them, I'll do it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Some people, it just, it's, whatever gets the gears going to get, make your life better, I think that it's, you gotta, you gotta use that. So, yeah, yeah. If somebody wanted to get in touch with you about coaching, what's the best way to do that? Uh, just probably DM me on Twitter, Instagram. And okay. honestly, like I do, I do help a lot of people. Uh, just if you just have a quick question, you don't need to book me for coaching too. just ask me any question. Like people can ask me a question. I'm not, I'm not the guy that's going to be like, Oh, we have to get on a $500 consultation call. Like I'm here to help, help people. And really what I've, what I've found about being a fitness coach is like, long term I uh, like I have other business I have like two other businesses I'm working on and those are kind of like I'm not trying to get rich off of fitness coaching is what I've kind of realized now at first when I first started I was trying to get rich off of it then I realized that takes away from the mission of actually helping people get in shape so now I, I see like when someone pays me to be a fitness coach I see it as it 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 helps take that little bit of pain from them so that they're willing to actually follow the program but if someone just has a question, I'll do it for free. But like when you're paying, say, $500, $200 a month, it's like makes you have more commitment. When you're just getting a coaching program for free, very few people actually fought like free stuff never gets a lot of commitment, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. We'll put links to your Twitter, Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Your your video product, that's the level up library, right? Yeah, that is the level up library. I was blanking on the name, so I was trying to, I was trying to talk about it, but I was like, man, I don't even remember because I made it like a couple months ago. Ben, Ben, you need more rest. You need to get some more sleep. Clearly it's impacting your memory. <laughs> yeah. You need you need to live the life you want everyone else to live. 
Yeah. Oh man, yeah, and that's the thing is that's one thing I want to mention is I'm not perfect at all. I'm not, you know, I'm not the pinnacle of health. Um, but I I continue to try every day to get better and grow, and I you know I try to get my habits right, and I think that like probably eighty ninety percent of the time I'm I'm getting my I'm doing the, exactly the habits I want, and you know if you're perfect you could probably make a billion dollars selling, selling something and teaching people how to be perfect, but I'm not perfect. So that's one thing I want people to know is I'm not like some God out there. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's great. Great Yeah. And a lot of the time when I'm writing, especially on Instagram, I'm actually writing to myself. Um, people sometimes like, you know, I'm a 19 year old guy. Like I'm not, I'm not, uh, a guru. So I'm not, I'm writing to who I am and the struggles I see within myself. And I think that oftentimes when you actually write this longer form stuff about things that you're struggling with or things that you've struggled with the past, other people can relate and then it helps them. So I'm writing to myself most of the time on everything. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So folks, all the listeners, if that if that doesn't give you hope for the future generations right there, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I don't know what would, because that yeah. was a great, great response and a great interview. So thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate yeah, I would, it. Yeah, I'd love to do it again. And thank you guys for having me. I'm glad to see you guys again. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, same here. Ben. Uh, same here. So, yeah. yeah. So folks, thanks everyone for tuning in and uh, remember go out to mentally unscripted.com, sign up for our email list. Uh, Paul has started putting out our newsletters and the first two issues are out and they're really good. And I've thrown a couple posts up over there as well. And it, when you sign up, you get the very free uh, how to never argue again, unless you want to guide. Holidays coming up, you're going to have that crazy aunt and uncle that you're talking to. So get that guide and learn how to uh, keep those discussions from escalating into something that's going to cause a lot of hurt feelings in the future. And uh, Paul, you got anything else? No, that's it, everyone. Uh, happy holidays. Be safe. Be good. Uh, mental Unscripted is all about what Ben's talking about, which is taking good mental mental ideas and habits and nutrition. So get over at mentallyunscripted.com, register, be part of the tribe, and uh, Fill your mind with good things.